Well, we are in a series called Different Voices, and uh, what this series is, is a bunch of people that I get to listen to a lot because they're friends of mine and they're people that I know, and I thought it would be fun for you to be able to hear uh, the people that I get the pleasure of listening to quite a bit. This next speaker I get to listen to quite a bit. He's my accountability partner, and so we meet uh, for uh, breakfast burritos, and then we don't really talk. We just eat and we're, we leave. No, um, but uh, Charles Latchison uh, is a pastor in a church in Long Beach. I have known him for about 15 years. Sometimes in ministry, pastors get lonely because it's a, just a weird job, um, and so at that point, you're supposed to go, oh, go ahead. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Oh. So when a pastor finds a friend, a confidant, someone that he trusts, um, you, you, don't, you don't let that go. And Charles is a dear, dear friend of mine. He is an incredible man of God. He's an incredible pastor. Uh, he and his wife, Carolyn, have done an unbelievable job starting a church from scratch in Long Beach. And now, uh, I probably shouldn't, now they're just in a great transition that's coming up that he might talk about or might not. So would you do me a favor and just welcome, I know he looks like my twin, but if you could just uh, <laughs> welcome Charles Latchison. Good morning. It's good to see everyone here this morning. Um, Several weeks ago, I got a call from John, <clears throat> and he asked me if I would be available to speak here Sunday morning. Um, John's my boss. <laughs> so even if I didn't want to come, <laughs> sure, boss, I'll be there. <laughs> um, it, it is a real honor that he would call me friend, a real honor. And I count it very special to be here. And uh, thank you so much, uh, dear friend. Um, you, you have a wonderful pastor, wonderful, wonderful pastor. I believe you know that. And if you did not know that, um, please believe me, you, you, you really do. And um, I, um, I, I come from a tradition to where there's a little bit of call response. And um, so if, if I just, if I need an amen, I'm going to just ask for it, okay? Just, um, and, and so we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll go with that. I, I have something I want to share with you. When I, when I was asked to speak here, I prayed, and the Lord immediately showed me a picture of your congregation. And, and I want to share with you the picture that I saw. And what I'm going to do this morning, I'm going to, I'm going to spend some time just grabbing in different pieces and just stay with me, and I'm, I'm going to put the picture together. At the end, I'll, I'll show you what I saw. I'll, I'll, I'll share with you what I saw, and, and we'll get there together. Um, um, let, me, let, me, let me pray, and then I'll give you my, my, um, my topic. If you can, let's bow our heads. Father, we, we thank you for your, your precious name that's available. The ministry of your presence that is attending, assisting, affirming, moving in every way. Lord, thank you that however it be, 
we got here this morning. For some, it was easy. For some, it was tough. Thank you for getting each one here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the word that you have prepared. Father, I pray that each one, each one may have an encounter of your grace, of your power, of your word in a way that they take something home different. Um, open our eyes that we may see better. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Um, and to all of my friends on Facebook. Okay. Um, I want to talk to you about um, a covenant of healing. A covenant of healing. And uh, the passage that I want to begin with is found in Matthew chapter 4, um, verses 23 through 25. And, and it's, um, it's a very exciting, it's a very involved passage. But just stay with me and watch what happens here. I, I'm not sure, I didn't coordinate with, with the media, so you may have a different translation. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Watch this. It says, and Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, here it is, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed. Um, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee, that's a region, and from Decapolis, that's a metropolis, from Jerusalem, that's a city, from Judea, that's a territory, and beyond the Jordan, they all followed him. This, this whole topic about um, a covenant of healing, it speaks about how the Lord is committed to his people. The Lord has committed health and wholeness to his people. In Exodus 15, I'll touch on it in a moment. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. He attaches his name to such a promise. And he says, I am your healer. He commits to an ongoing provision of health, of physical strength, of well-being. And it is his commitment to every one of his children. Can somebody say amen? amen. You guys are doing very good. <laughs> the New Testament version of that is found here in Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, it's actually called the gift of healing. No one's giving a statement of faith. But the Lord comes in compassion and he's preaching the kingdom and while he's preaching, before anyone responds or jumps in with them, he is healing them. And he's healing all kinds of disorders, all kinds of problems, genital, um, um, psychological, physiological, just, just all, all, all kinds of problems and issues deep and surface. And he's touching them and he's healing them. Um, it, it, it is an example of God's loving reach of healing mercies. He's, he's, he's extending healing grace. He's extending um, the, the grace of cure, the grace of recovery, 
the grace of restoration, the grace of repair. Now watch this. While all this miraculous and powerful healing is going on from the deepest of darkest of issues to even the superficial issues, all the while he's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. He's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, the Bible says, and he's healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. And, and it's, he's, 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 he's communicating the reign of God is present. Stay with me, y'all. The rule of God is here. He's, he's preaching it. Um, Jesus is bringing the word of God, and it's real. It's dynamic. It's living. It's active. It's powerful. And he's speaking it. And while he's speaking it, he's doing some very powerful things. And their lives are being changed. Um, um, he's touching all aspects of human life. And while he's touching them and healing them and curing them, restoring them and repairing them, helping them, changing their lives, he says, he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's what he says in Mark chapter 1, um, verse 15 says, now John was in prison. Jesus came from Galilee. Here it is, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. What was he saying? He says, time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is so close, you can touch it. You can grab it. You can have access to it right where you are. You don't have to jump hoops to get to it. You don't have to do a whole bunch of stuff to access, access it. It's right here. It's available for you right now. And he says, repent. Repent. And I know we're familiar with repent. I'm not going to reteach repent all over again, but in this context, it's very interesting. Yes, there's a definition of repent that, that calls an individual from sin, but right here in this passage, what he's talking about here, repent, is a call of hope. Stay with me. It's a call of mercy. He's saying that there is something far much better than what you have available for you right now. How about you try this out? How about you consider this way? So he says, he says, change from your dilemma, whatever it is, whatever it was, and how about you consider something new? And it's called good news. Good news is there is love, there is hope, that there is healing available for you right now. It's at hand. You can have it right now in your hand. And he says, Change your mind and receive it right now. And he's preaching it. And then he starts showing it. He's healing them. He's curing them. He's restoring them. He's repairing them. While all the while he's saying, this is the kingdom of God. Now, now I understand there is a sect in the body of Christ that truly believes that um, healing is not available today. And the only reason why Jesus healed then was basically to prove his lordship. That he healed then to prove his lordship. Um, but in this passage, and, and if you just read throughout Matthew chapter 8, he's healing because of compassion. He's, he, says, he says, 
I, I'm, I'm seeing how many people are hurting and how many people are aching and how many people are suffering. And so out of compassion, he's curing and restoring and repairing and healing by the power. And why he's doing that, he says, how about you try this? Try this. And, and this, this is the whole point. So, so what he's doing is while he's touching them and while he's repairing them and curing them and, and healing them, he's teaching them that God cares for you. He's teaching them that, that God receives you, that God is forgiving you. He's teaching them that God is reaching out to touch you. God is making the first move, and all the while, they're becoming better, and no one is making a statement of faith, but they're being helped. No one is making a statement of faith, and they're being made better. No one is making a statement of faith, and they, their lives are being changed. And it's all because of how he approaches this whole thing called good news. He says, a new kingdom is here. A new kingdom is here, and how about you leave your kingdom, kingdom of doubt and fear, the kingdom of suffering, kingdom of every manner of reigning principalities on this earth, kingdoms that dominate and torment and manipulate lives. He said, how about you leave that kingdom and come into a kingdom of health and life and wholeness? I just need to take a quick commercial break. Um, I'm trying to cooperate with this Facebook Live, but I move around a whole lot. So if I come out of view, is that okay? All right, thank you very much. So, so if you watch it on Facebook, you don't see me. You understand. You, you, say, you had to be there, okay? You had to be there. Are we, are we together on that? He says, good news to anybody. To anybody, I have good news. No matter your darkness, no matter your past, no matter your suffering, no matter your pain, good news to anybody. And he's preaching it. And he says, how about you try this? This good news. And he's releasing them unto God's fullness, unto God's favor, unto God's promise. I must tell you something. I didn't know this, but I wanted to share one little point of, of how do you make that happen? How does it look grassroots? How does it look on the ground? And, and I, was, I was surprised when I drove up. I wanted to share with you this formula, this process, this protocol of how you can get anyone to experience kingdom life. And it's a, it's a common study, and it's called belong, believe, and become. And I drove up, I said, babe, look! The same words. And so when, when he's healing them, he's telling them immediately, you belong. Now, I don't know what that means to some of you, but just imagine what that would mean to a leper to hear I belong. Just imagine what that would mean to someone who's constantly rejected who's constantly put on the curb and to finally walk into some place and they smile when you walk up and it makes you feel like you belong and they help you and they, they touch you and they, 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 they greet you and it shows that you belong and, and that's what Jesus was doing. 
He wasn't having this major revival service. He wasn't taking an offering. I mean, by the way, just pardon me, I come from a charismatic tradition. You don't have to slap the snot out of somebody to deliver them. <laughs> you can simply minister you belong and stuff will fall off of them. All kinds of burdens will dissipate that they carry all week long because they found a place where they belong, obviously. This is that kind of place. God says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. It doesn't matter what your religion is. I want to see your heart. And your heart will show people that they belong. Oh, God, come on. And he's doing this. And he's just trying to re reveal the heart of God to the people. Because of compassion. My Lord. I mean, there's an Old Testament version of this. I mean, I'm... I mean, pardon me, I know I, I'm, I'm your guest and I want to be, be sensitive to, to matters. Even when, like in Exodus chapter 20, when he's given the commandments, in Exodus chapter 19, the context in which he gives the commandments, he says, I've heard about your suffering. I've heard how much you've been tortured. I've heard how much you've been going through. Don't, don't you see how I brought you out on eagle's wings? I've cared for you in such a way. I'm doing all this because I'm seeing what you go through. And it's how God intentionally initiates some kind of movement of grace and mercy and compassion because he sees it. He hears it. The Lord is doing a great thing. And check this out. He's, he's giving provision to the whole person. To the whole person. And this is where Matthew, the, chat, the passage ends. And they followed him. He let them belong, and they followed him from everywhere. It wasn't just him and his crew, him and his cronies, his boys. No, they followed him from everywhere. I mean, just imagine constantly trying to prove yourself, constantly trying to figure out how you fit in, constantly trying to weigh your worth, depending on how many people like you or whatever the case may be, and to find some place just because you show up you matter. Who would not follow? And they followed him. So I see that. And I really sense that we have something here. That I've landed in a very unique place here in Garden Grove. Yeah. Let me show you the first passage that I thought about when I saw the picture that I saw. And it was it's found in Exodus chapter 15. It's okay that I move. Um, boss. Uh, uh, in, in, in Exodus chapter 15, um, don't feel bad. Don't, you know, I, this side, they seem like they're listening better. Okay, no. Uh, in, in Exodus chapter 15, just a, a couple of days out of the Red Sea, I mean, they, they just came off of singing a major praise and worship song because they watched their enemies defeated and crossing the Red Sea. Then they come into some bitter waters. And when they come into some bitter waters, they go off on each other. They go off on Moses. And Moses, you know, like any pastor would do when the members go off on him, he would go to the Lord and say, what do I do with your people? 
They don't have anything to drink. And the Bible says that God showed him a tree around verse 25 of Exodus 15. So he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree and he cast it into the waters and the waters were made sweet. And it speaks of how um, the waters were bitter and whatever the composition of the tree, maybe Moses knew of the area because he had spent 40 years in that area in the wilderness wandering around. Whatever the case may be, whether it's something that God touched and made the, 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 the components of the tree in such a, a way that when it went into the water, it changed the components of the water. However, that it, it was a miracle, but what is evident is the water did not become sweet without the tree. And what Jesus talks about and what's made very clear is this passage is to point to Christ, that you, you turn to Christ. Christ. The tree is Christ. And if you put Christ in whatever's bitter, he can make it sweet. Does anybody believe that? Amen. Amen. And so that's, that's evident. And, and so it is in light of the fact that they, they went off because the water was bitter. And before you, you know, kind of wink at them, just imagine how the things we go off about. Anyway, I won't get stuck there. Y'all didn't laugh at that part. Some are going over here. Uh, okay. Um, um, but but they, 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 did not, they, they did not respond well, and the Lord showed them the reason why you didn't respond well, because there's something going on on the inside. And it is in that moment where he makes a covenant with them, a covenant, a covenant, a covenant. I'm committed to your health. I'm committed to your wholeness. I'm committed to your healing all the days of your life. He commits that. The water is sweet. They drink. Then this is the bump part. They go to a place called Elam. They go to a place called Elam. It says in verse 27, Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. So they camped there by the waters. This is, um, some, this is a, a picture, if you will, um, of, of them walking into what the Lord just committed over them. The, the wells of water, 12 wells. And in this section of the Bible, almost every time you see the number 12, you can match it to the 12 tribes. So 12 would match the tribes, and it relates to a well, 12 wells. 12 wells would go with a well for each family. Stay with me. Then there's 70 palm trees. Hold up, before I go there, just with the whole matter of the, the, the wells, the 12 wells, and um, the, the, there's an oasis of a supply to you. There's a perpetual oasis of a supply of God's promise, God's provision, God's favor to you. Now watch this. If you have 12 wells, you can say that's a promise that says there's an oasis of God's promise and power and provision provided for each family. So God's healing covenant is to make sure each family has provision and power 
and, 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 and providence and, and favor, each family, not just the good ones, any family that comes under his name, any family. The wells also represent, you know, the whole matter of legacy and longevity. The, the wells can go from generations to come. And so one generation can make the well and build the well and all the generations following can experience the goodness and the fruit and the nourishment from the well. So it promises to impact your family bloodline for generations to come. That's a covenant, beloved. And it's not just for you that you just enjoy in your own generation, but I will abide over your family's name when you're dead and gone and your children and their children will enjoy the promise I made to you. Twelve wells, each family. Somebody say amen. amen. Thank you. Seventy palm trees in Elam. Seventy palm trees. This whole matter about 70 palm trees, um, it speaks of sufficiency. Sufficiency. It speaks of a combination of completion, fulfillment of God's word, fulfillment of his promises. It speaks of the ministry to meet human needs. 70 palm trees, um, prosperity, if you will. Um, it speaks of fullness. Stay with me. It speaks of rest. It speaks of an abundant supply, a place of rejoicing. It, it, it gives a sense that um, the heaviness, uh, a dark, depressed cloud is removed from a family. And there's now a, a new sense of joy and hope and real expectation for what tomorrow can bring. We don't we don't, we're not threatened by tomorrow. We don't despair about tomorrow. But there's, there's a bright outlook. And the palm trees represent that. And so right after he gives this covenant of healing, he, he brings them into a place so they can see what that looks like. Wells for each family going way beyond your generation. Not just for now, but the blessing that will go far beyond your days. Hope, prosperity, the fulfillment of my word, not just consumed in your lifetime, but it cannot be consumed that your children and your children's children will experience the fulfillment of my word. That's the covenant of healing that he makes. What a lovely and powerful, encouraging picture. That's what the Lord showed me when I prayed for you. He showed me his covenant of healing. He showed me 12 wells, and he showed me 70 palm trees. Now, this is the picture I saw. I saw hashtag be the church. And I saw hashtag bring shalom to a home. And, and I'm seeing before and after pictures. And I'm seeing how it looks like you cleared a yard. Or in essence, you dug a well. 
and you planted palm trees. You've changed the climate in that home. I've seen how you, you, you've done and, and you've repaired stuff, but in essence, you've just dug wells. What you, 20 plus homes? You've dug 20 plus wells. You've planted 20 plus palm trees. How, 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 what, what is a covenant of healing? The, the, or, or, or the gospel of the kingdom the gospel of the kingdom is not just the message. The gospel of the kingdom is the mission. The gospel of the kingdom is healing. It's the gracious cure and restoration and repair and recovery for anybody. That's the good news. It's for anybody. And everything that you do in the name of church, every time you pick up a shovel, you're preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Every time you push a, a, a wheelbarrow, you're preaching the gospel of the kingdom. That God is here. The kingdom is right here. How about you consider this? And while you're preaching, you're digging wells. And you're planting palm trees all over the city. My God, that's a healing covenant wherever you go. It's beautiful and powerful. But then I saw something else. I came here one afternoon. I um, was here for a leadership meeting. I'm on one of the boards in our conference. I was here for a leadership meeting and, and um, I pulled up early. I'm on the phone trying to handle some things with the church office. And it's maybe around 5.30ish, I'm thinking. And the parking lot is kind of full at 5.30. And there are kids playing in the um, basketball courts, and, and there are adults, and, and it's just, it's kind of this, this real diversity of different kinds of people. They didn't look like they go here, just, they didn't, just didn't, but they were, they were here, they were playing, they were smiling, and, and I saw families, I mean families, I saw couples walking through the parking lot and they had bags, empty bags, and they were smiling coming this way. And then I'm figuring it out and somebody is giving them food to fill up those bags. And, and they're, they're, I mean, the kids are happy and the, and the moms are happy and they're walking back with full bags. I don't know, maybe some of you have. I wouldn't be surprised if you have, but I don't know if you've ever witnessed the, the weight of a father he carries when he can't provide for his family. I don't, I don't know if you've ever witnessed the anguish a mother feels when she cannot feed her children. I don't know if, you have, if you've ever been around the pressure of a, of a young man who's, who's called to be the man of the house, don't have a job yet but the family's starving and, and he's about to put his future in line because he's got to feed them one way or another and wondering, should he steal? Try to steal, but he's got to feed his family. And just imagine how dark and how heavy that is. What kind of kingdom is that for somebody? But then to hear there's good news. 
The kingdom is available. Just bring your bag. Stay with me. And they come. You, you got to sense what it feels like to be a father coming home with a bags of food. You got to have a sense of how great a mother feels when she can feed her children. Or a young adult or a teenager even. He doesn't have to steal. But just imagine how good it feels to walk through the door and it's not a police knocking, it's not the hospital calling. But he's back home and he has bags of food. Beloved, that's palm tree stuff. That's well stuff. That's kingdom of God stuff. I don't know if you're okay with this. I don't know if you're okay with it, but, but, but if it will be okay that you, you will not see the full breath of what you're doing now, how it's going to visit children and grandchildren and grandchildren. You're not going to see how God, how the wells you dig now is going to help so many families. You're not going to see the fullness of what those palm trees are going to mean to grandchildren. But you're planting them now. And I understand, I understand, and you know, there's a small, maybe 1%, maybe a half a percent of people may just come for the food and spend their real money at the casino. I understand that, I understand that. But, but you cannot miss the bigger picture. When they do decide to change their mind, where do you think they'll come? Where wells are dug and where palm trees are built. That's living spring. That's living, and that's the picture God showed me. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, please. Father, I thank you today for your covenant of healing, not just on this congregation, but on this city through this congregation. May your message continue to extend, expand, and elevate to dig more wells and plant more palm trees for your glory. Amen. Amen.